from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Let's get it. Number five. Canes are back in action tonight, trying to enter two-game skid. Take on the Winnipeg Jets at 7.30. You can catch Adam Gold on Stormwatch at 7, right here on 99.9 The Fan. He'll take you right up to puck drop. Canes have been following this pattern, Joe, Mm. of outplaying their opponent. Yeah. For large swatches of the game, even controlling the game, yeah, but then giving up a late goal yeah. and losing in overtime. You you got to score. I mean, I know. Look, man, you you and I like to talk about this oftentimes, and it's a reminder that sports, while entertaining, and people can break it down to a granular level. At the end of the day, it's pretty easy to understand who's good and who's not based on. Your best players burying the puck in this particular case uh, in the Carolina Hurricanes. And I'll be curious to see if Rod Burnamore mixes up the lines a little bit with some guys they've given some decent contracts to who are not producing right now. Process is fine and good, but you got to score. You can have 68 shots on goal, but you got to have quality chances and then bury said quality chances when they're there for you. So, I mean, look, it's still it's November hockey. Uh, these are not things where I start to get fretty about. So how about this? Uh, uh, Did you say Freddy or Fretty? Fretty, Fretty. I'm not going to because I would like it. to see Freddy as well. As well. Well, how about let me let me pose it like this because I know butts are tight with Kane's fans right now based on what we've seen, and we'll see what happens tonight. Maybe the Canes have gone about this all wrong. Maybe they're doing the part where we're all freaking out early. And then they'll get hot at the right time of the Ooh, year. Ooh, I like that. But then again, I think to myself, oh, wait, wasn't that the Florida Panthers when they were like the hottest team in the NHL? And how'd that work out for them? In the history of the world. Yeah. yeah. How'd that work out for them? Oh, the, the, oh, yeah, not great. So all of that is to say, it's still early. Chill. Next up. Number four. You get a national title. I get a national title. Everybody gets a national title. In hot and cold, I did mention North Carolina field hockey and yet another national championship. That's four national championships in the last five years. And somebody who's been a part of that, Aaron Matson, all four, was a big part of the win again. This is a five-time ACC champion. Uh, and she will go down as one of the more decorated athletes in ACC history, period. So we mentioned that. Shout out to field hockey, but also shout out to the Wolfpack, where there was another back-to-back national championships in cross country. So all around national championships for everybody. And, you know, it's interesting. This is what about this is what's cool about college sports and we'll never, ever, ever get old. We focus so much on football. We focus so much on basketball and all the hand wringing that goes around it. Like, friends, you know, we talk about uh, things that are not football or basketball. Shout out to the women's side of things because I know NC State had played Connecticut in this revenge game and Connecticut took care of business. But you could see that people were like really amped up about this game. And that's the cool thing about college sports. It goes beyond just the big picture stuff. And it's cool to see all the love coming out for both those teams this weekend with the respective national championships. Next up. Number three. England downed Iran 6-2 in the World Cup this morning. The Netherlands beat Senegal 2-0, and the U.S. and Wales tied 1-1, Joe, in Group B play today. 
I don't know how to feel about. Tell me how to feel about the one-one draw against Wales for the U.S. Um, you can feel okay with it. I feel like I have to be told how to feel about these I, sorts I, of things. I mean, everyone expects England to go through. Yeah, scoring six goals in any game is good. Uh, allowing two in the same game is obviously good because goal differential ultimately can matter, especially when there's a team like Iran who appears to be very weak. So the other teams should be able to beat Iran. So what you do against Wales in this particular instance matters. So a tie is not going to kill you, particularly a low-scoring one, not Mm -hmm. going to kill you. But now you're going to have to do your thing, not get blown out by England. And then in that last game, it's probably going to come down to whether they can beat Iran or not. I'll say this about the U.S., and I say this as somebody who came into the World Cup ultimately cold uh, after they had missed the last World Cup and what I felt were. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. Not getting a true gauge of how good you are when you tilt qualifying to your favor and and you say it over like oh well you know when the world cup qualifiers were in hotter countries we had to deal with this kind of stuff whatever the u.s found themselves in situations where they were using hypothermia as an advantage (laughs) to get points for world cup qualification it's a reset all right and I'm not, and I, it's a reset that I know a lot of people who truly feel passionate about U.S. soccer felt was needed. In a lot of ways, is what happened with the U.S. basketball. Things got stagnant after a while. They bring somebody new in. There's a, a youth movement for the guys to step up. And I think we saw some of that on display today in how they scored their goal with Tim Weah. I almost feel like this is the two years away from being two years away. And with the World Cup being a four-year event, we really are there. We're two years away from being two years away when it comes to soccer. So you're really hoping for the best and something kind of springboard you to get people fired up again about what happens in the next World Cup, which is where, Joe? Uh, North America. Yeah. See, that's what this one's about for the U.S. for me as we kind of kickstart this. This is about setting up people to get truly hype about the men's national team when the World Cup is spread out between here, Canada, Mexico in four years. Next up, number two. So, to the NFL. Are the Cowboys for real? Are the Cowboys back? Are the Cowboys doing that thing again, though, where you get really hyped? Like, see, that's the Super Bowl team we've been talking about. Look at look at Dak Prescott getting it done after he was questioned last week. Who cares about running back controversy? We got Zeke and Pollard. Let's go. That defense is amazing. The Cowboys are here again where we're getting late enough into the year and we see them flex on the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that was just an embarrassing display for the Vikings. And you can see why people get excited about the Cowboys. But there's a couple things about the Cowboys, Joe, that get me a little worried. The biggest one is Mike McCarthy's still the head coach, and Mike McCarthy is is absolutely on deck to have one of his Mike McCarthy situational football moments at the worst possible times. And then there's the reliability of Dak Prescott which has been a little bit of an issue for him as a franchise player. 
He balled out in this game. He did. So the, the only problem that the Cowboys presented with themselves with last night was they now showed people what they can be. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be disappointing when they run out the clock in a playoff loss. It's going to be disappointing when they can't hold on to a field goal attempt on a playoff loss. It's going to be disappointing when they get you know torn up in a playoff loss on a uh, overturned catch that wasn't a catch that was a catch. You know, these are all ways the Cowboys kind of invent to lose in the playoffs these days and have since basically 1994. And the real issue is they tease you during yeah. the regular season with a performance like this where you go, wait, why can't that team show up in the postseason? Well, it's just it's not that easy. You know, it's, it's not that easy. Uh, but things in the NFC East might be breaking their way because the Cowboys are in a position where if they when they see the Eagles again, they kind of might know what to do. Run the ball on the Eagles uh, with some success and play keep away from Jalen Hurts because that's what the Colts did with the Eagles, similar to how Washington beat the Eagles the week before. Uh, now, Jeff Saturday and the crew end up on the losing end. What was that 17-16 yesterday? But a lot of what applied in the Washington game applied here by, uh, by the Eagles winning. Going forward... I still think the Eagles are – I'm not going to get too wrapped up in what's happening over the last couple of weeks where maybe somebody found something they can exploit. Good teams will adjust and they'll find their way. It's kind of like the, the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs had everybody come at them. Everybody improved theoretically in the West in their division. And yet they're the only team that's above 500 after it's all said and done. The Denver Broncos go out and get Russell Wilson, a new head coach. We know that story. You look at the Raiders. They go out and get Devontae Adams to give Derek Carr a toy to play with to compete with the Chiefs in their high-powered offense. How's that worked out for them? They're terrible. Not very, very good. And then, of course, the Chargers last night, a team that's got a guy in Justin Herbert. they got a great defense, and yet they still can't find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> They've lost more three-point games than anybody in the history of football. It's at, at some it's point. Like a, it's like clockwork. It's funny, it's funny you mention that because uh, their head coach, is viewed as one of like the more aggressive go after it. This is your move. You're going to die with your fastball. But at some point, I do wonder. Hey, man, maybe you might want to reconsider that. Considering you kind of keep losing the same way all the time, unless you unless you feel it's going to break your way. In, at some in point. fairness to Brandon Staley, Marty Schottenheimer, and every other Chargers coach has lost the exact same way. I so. know. Yeah, I was going to say there there is that that history for you. But in terms of what the Chiefs are doing, a lot of credit goes to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes for still being themselves after they lost some weapons this offseason, right? And that truly comes through in Travis Kelsey, who has reached Rob Gronkowski levels in terms of reliability. And Kelsey actually passed Rob Gronkowski for the most 100-plus yards games in the NFL. Here's what he had to say. Got a whole lot of respect for Rob, man. Just to be in that conversation is pretty damn cool, man. Um, Shout-out to the 87s out there, baby. Let's see if we can get a few more. We all know Rob Gronkowski's favorite number, though. We'll see if that ever happens. Meanwhile, the New York football teams are back to being bad again. Like, all the hope and the and the optimism has been snuffed out completely. The Giants got embarrassed by Detroit. And then the New York Jets have the, the, the Zach Wilson problem. Uh, they got smothered by the Patriots. Bill Belichick, for as much as we talk about whether or not he still has it, the one thing he has been consistently good at is dragging teams down to their level of ugly football, and he absolutely destroys and exposes young QBs who still have a lot of ways to go or are not the answer 
and we're starting to get that with the New York Jets and Zach Wilson, where Robert Sella looks just mentally cooked by his quarterback, called the offense something I cannot say on the radio. And then to make that all terrible, even more worse, is that Zach Wilson had no accountability after the game when he was asked about the inability of the offense to complement what the defense had been doing. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No, 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 no. absolutely not. Dude, no, 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 no. As a franchise quarterback, you cannot answer that question that way. They got Rex Ryan on Get Up This Morning, ESPN, fired up, and he's disappointed in Zach Wilson. Young quarterbacks have horrendous days, especially against a Bill Belichick coach team. However, that wasn't the problem I had. The problem I had was when he was at the podium and a simple thing would have been like, yes, absolutely. What a performance by our defense. I let the team down. I've got to be better. This game's on me. Didn't we hear Josh Allen say, mm-hmm. what What did he say? He sat back and said, it's hard to win games when your quarterback yeah. plays like poop. Right? Yep, yep. Okay. Every single one. Jalen Hurts, think Jalen Hurts would have said no? Think any anybody that plays the position would say no, especially in this city? Are you kidding me? You're out of your mind. And could he lose the locker room? Absolutely. The only way this kid doesn't lose the locker room is you, you put all this on Robert Sala. To me, Robert's going to have to go in there because of this quarterback. Yeah. He's going to have to go into that defensive meeting room and say, fellas, I get it. I know where you're coming from. But you know what? you got to try. Trust me, I'm going to get this kid right. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Uh, speaking of Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, this is from Adam Schefter. Jets head coach Robert Sala told reporters that he's not committing to Zach Wilson as his starting QB for Sunday's game versus the Bears, which gets to another conversation about this draft class. Justin Fields had another one of those great fantasy numbers, but the team doesn't win. Uh, but this illustrates where we are with this draft class that was hyped to crazy levels. And in retrospect, I do think that the pandemic and how desperate we were for things to be positive fed into this draft class is going to be amazing. The future is on display, all this other stuff. Zach Wilson's not panning out. Justin Fields has been pretty good. Mac Jones is Justin what? Fields, Justin Fields is at least coming on. He's, He's coming on. Yeah. The, the game does seem to be coming to him, and the, the, it leads to other issues with the Bears. But Trey Lance ain't playing football. That's a problem. And obviously Mac Jones and that experience has been up and down and clearly not the answer. And here's what we're left with. Zach Wilson pissing off his coach so badly that he might not even play against the Bears this week. Well, he also has to do what Jeff Saturday did and realize and look at his roster and go, well, who's the NFL quarterback? Joe Flacco? <laughs> you know what I mean? When That's you, the when, problem. When, That's the but problem. it also gets back to our Dallas um, conversation. Yeah. Don't you play differently when you have a little bit less at quarterback, mm-hmm. but also knowing that that quarterback's not going to make mistakes? Zach Wilson's so talented that he makes mistakes. He's like a bad knockoff of Josh Allen because he thinks he can run around and extend plays. Because he thinks his arm is so strong, he can throw it into anything. But he can't. So, Sal has got to look at his roster and go, we can make the playoffs, which, by the way, affects his future. And he has to realize what's the best decision for the team. Might be Joe Flacco. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. So, we got State and Carolina in Chapel Hill on Friday. 
3.30 kickoff. I think weather's supposed to be somewhat rainy on Friday. And we'll get a better idea of that as the week comes along, obviously. And North Carolina was an example of messing around and eventually finding out. We've had a long-running conversation this season with the Tar Heels in that all those one-possession games that didn't go their way had been going their way, but you can't live life on the edge like that all the time. And you can't ask the offense to be perfect every game, too, which for the most part, Drake May has found ways to win with that offense. Your big players have stepped up. Josh Downs, obviously one of them. But Josh Downs clearly not 100% in this game. Dropped what should have been a touchdown. That would have been, I think, the game winner. Things would have fed off of that. Instead, they uh, the defense needed to make another stop. They couldn't. Georgia Tech extended a drive on a huge third and nine, and that's essentially your ball game. And Mac Brown talked about this after the game on a team showing some immaturity in their loss against the Yellow Jackets. Uh, congratulations to Georgia Tech. They played better than we did. They coached better than we did and obviously won the game. Uh, very disappointing for us. Uh, uncharacteristically, we really played poorly on offense. We dropped passes. We had six sacks. We were 4 of 14 on, on third downs. We are 2 of 4 on fourth downs, which we've been so good at. And, and we only scored twice out of five times in the red zone and left a lot of points on the board. So um, give them credit. They rate a 15 on third downs, 3 of 3 in the red zone, and kept the ball about 35 minutes. So um, I didn't do a good job. I didn't have them prepared. I thought we were mature enough to, to uh, play in what would be called a trap game. I thought we were beyond that after Virginia, uh, but we obviously weren't. That's Mac Brown, head coach, North Carolina, on the loss to Georgia Tech. And, yeah, it's a trap game in every sense of the word with NC State coming up on Friday. I don't think they, it, they were prepared to play, though. I mean, it was 17 yeah. nothing. It's not like yeah. they, I, they were flat or something like I, that. It, I think, it again, it gets back to how I started the conversation. They've been flirting with this all season long. The defense, where they've, where they've come through when needed, can give up those explosive plays or allow a drive to continue on and things get down on them, and then they end up giving up crucial touchdowns. And something that Brownlow and I have been talking about on a lot of these panic rooms, you're asking the offense to be perfect all the time. Right. And to never have their serve broken. And, and you know what? It happened. It hadn't been until this game. I'll, I'll say this for Carolina in this game. Here's Josh Downs, previous three games. Yeah. Yeah. 11-102, two scores. 15-166 touchdown. 15 against Virginia. Yeah. That's nuts. Wake Forest, 11-154, three scores. He's been huge mm-hmm. for them this year. Three catches in this game for 31 yards, and I think he only had one more target, which was the drop. Yeah. So, obviously, he wasn't healthy. And talk about holding serve, hard to hold serve. As good as Drake May has been this year, and they've played without Josh Downs, they haven't been in the ACC without Josh Downs. He's been just as big a part of their success this year yes. as Drake May. That That's hard. And then to have the play that he had and drop it, that's hard too. I'll, I'll say this. This doesn't fundamentally change Carolina's season. As tough of a loss as it is, 
More great news for Cary commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org slash nc. They're still the Coastal Division champions. Mm-hmm. They still have the state game in front of them, and yeah. they st- and they still have the chance to win the program's first ACC title since 1980. If they lose to NC State, does it change it? No, because, because they, you, still they, the they, you still have the redemptive part. Yeah. And I honestly, Joe, a six and two record mm-hmm. after last year in the league is progress, particularly with a first time starter or quarterback. I get what you're saying, but I also it's their what was expected out of you versus what was in front of you, what the potential was. Sure. I'm with you up to this point. Losing to Georgia Tech doesn't fundamentally change how you think about North Carolina season. I don't think it takes Mac Brown out of a serious consideration for ACC Coach of the Year. I don't think it takes Drake May out of the Heisman conversation. Okay? The, one, the only thing that Georgia Tech lost did is it completely eliminated the conversation about the college football playoff. That's the only thing it did. It was a long shot in the first place, but it's like the dumb and dumber thing. So you're saying there's a chance. And yes, there was. I I jokingly tweeted it on Saturday when I'm watching Michigan potentially lose to Illinois. Okay. TCU almost lost on Saturday. Tennessee got crushed. So here are all the things that you needed to happen for North Carolina to at least enter the chat. I'm not saying that they would have. I'm just saying it would have forced the college football playoff committee to start seriously considering what do we make out of the Clemson, North Carolina ACC championship game, right? I, th- I still think this applies for, for Clemson and the college football playoff. If they look great against South Carolina, who just beat Tennessee, and they crush North Carolina in the ACC championship game, Clemson will enter the conversation legitimately as things have kind of potentially broken their way. But North Carolina's completely out of it, just completely out of it. And it's a shame because it was a fun conversation, even if it was a like a a, a, long, a one in a million chance for that to happen. I think Clemson's probably in that one in a million now, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay. Because who says Clemson's ahead of a one-loss TCU if TCU loses one of their final two games? The way that the committee's position the ACC is such that they don't believe in the ACC. Yeah. That is their prerogative. Do you believe in the Pac-12? Because that's the other you thing. You know what? To, I'll, I'll say know. this. I watched the UCLA-USC game Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with UCLA. Really impressed. A lot of people don't want to give USC credit because it was a sprinkle, add water, buy guys out of the portal kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're at the point of the season now where Lincoln Riley's had to get that group to buy into what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And for them to come back in that game and beat UCLA in the way that they did was really impressive. You got to remember, though, some of the hard work is still in front of them. 
Oregon still in front of them. And I I think that's going to help the Pac-12, though. Oregon is going to give USC kind of pushing them, to your point about if Carolina and Clemson could have stayed at that level. I think Oregon puts them in a position where they'll end the Pac-12 the champion, if it's USC, will end up in the playoff. All right, let's play out these scenarios. I think I think Tennessee's loss mm-hmm. put USC if they went out in the playoff. In the playoff. Yeah. Fine. Because Tennessee losing, Michigan at this point we think is going to lose to but Ohio State. Even if they win, I don't think Ohio State has any I don't think Ohio State has enough juice to get in with one loss. Okay. I'm with you on that. I do think the Ohio State Michigan <laughs> winner is the one that ends up being in the college football playoff, yeah. you know, outside of what happens in the Big Trent, Big 10 championship game which they should win, right? I guess what it comes down to is LSU is the the sore thumb in all of this, all right? A two-loss LSU team that has some good wins, all right, but still two losses. At what point does USC or Clemson jump them with one loss? Well, they... Can they? Yeah, I'd have to look. I already thought they did last week. Clemson didn't, but I'm I'm pretty sure USC did. No, no, no. no. LSU is at six. USC is at seven. Okay. In the college football playoff. Now, if if USC wins out, I would expect that they're going to jump over LSU, because I don't expect LSU I, to win the ACC. But I would, win expect, the SEC. I would expect USC to jump LSU this week okay. based on the UCLA win. When you look at USC's resume, it's been light. It's been light. It has been. So, you know, they lost to Utah. I think Utah's a good team. Washington's a good team. Mm-hmm. Oregon's a good team. So they're still going to get a chance, potentially, it looks like at Oregon. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists. Talented surgeons. Highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.